Welcome to the Read Me Name podcast. I am, as always, Jordan. With me on the show tonight, we have Sam. Hello. And Chris. Hey. Tonight on the podcast, we're going to talk about some rumors circulating around Man of Steel 2. We're going to discuss the big Marvel Netflix deal that has just come to pass. And we're going to talk about this season of New Girls so far. So stick with us throughout the hour. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, As you may have noticed, I did not say we're going to do our standard news roundup. That's because it's a slow news week. And as opposed, uh, 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 instead of just throwing a bunch of news stories that you don't care about and we don't care about at you, we've decided to do these three shorter segments as a result. So if you like this, let us know. If you hate it, feel free to send us some hate mail on it. Um, feel free to fuck yourself. Yeah, feel free to politely go fuck yourself. Well, now we're going to get hate mail. <laughs> Our three listeners are, are very offended by, by that. Uh, we're yeah. sorry, guys. <laughs> Please keep listening to us. Um, so how are you guys this evening? Chris, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Pretty Good. well, Jordan. I want to get a little bit tonight. I can't podcast. complain. Usually moment. usually we're sort of surface level. I want to really get into your, your lack of complaints you have about your life tonight on the show. Oh, that's all I had for that. All right. Well, Chris's life is pretty boring, guys. Sam, yeah. how are you? I'm good. I'm drinking a beer. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. End of a hard day. Sam's drinking a beer. That's right. It was actually a really easy day. <laughs> the end of an easy day. Sam's drinking a beer. Um. Okay. Well, good small talk segment, guys. Um. Why don't we? Jordan, keep... you just can't. You can't just throw a small talk segment as like bad the blue and expect us to well, be it's, able to it's handle small it. Small talk. I think. I had. Uh, <laughs> I had breakfast for dinner. That was. Whoa. Exciting. What did your breakfast for dinner contain? Um, we made um, uh, pumpkin pumpkin pancakes, and we made uh, sausages, and I also scrambled an egg. I made that. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. It was really good. And now I'm having a beer. <laughs> for breakfast. That's pretty great, right? People at home are like, oh, man, that does sound good. Yeah. Everyone's jealous. Um, well, I'm glad you guys are having excellent lives. I want to talk a little bit How about, about you, Jordan. What's going on with you? You don't get off. You don't get off oh. so easy. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to engage in the small talk as well. Well, yeah. Law school is still going on with me. I forget you do that sometimes. I do that. It's it's a thing I do. How's it going? <laughs> um, well, we're reaching the the uh, busy time of the semester, so I spent all weekend writing papers. Fortunately, I have more papers than uh, tests this uh, semester, which is nice. But that means I kind of have to. Like, write a lot of things. So, Are you a test guy or a paper guy? Would you rather just take a test? I would much would rather do the papers, actually. That's why I set up this semester for papers, because last, well, every other semester I've had mostly finals, and I'm just, I got tired of it. So I'm I, I'm doing some papers this semester, and then I'm going to go back to probably a little bit more of an even mix next semester. I know this, this strategy is uh, is super important to you guys. Are you going to still be able to, to podcast with us when you become a full-fledged American lawyer. You know, I was think I was actually thinking about this uh, earlier today, and I don't think being a lawyer will affect this, the the podcast so much as the fact that I will permanently be relocated to the West Coast. Well, well, you're already. Well, what difference does it make? The, the time difference? Yeah. So you figure if I get off work at 6 p.m. Uh, on the West Coast, that's 9 p.m. for you folks on the East Coast. So the earliest I'd be able to podcast is like 10 p.m. if we were to do it during the week. I'm a night owl. Okay, well, then it won't be a problem at all. Um, 
So now that we've had some nice small talk for our listeners, why don't we move and talk a little bit about Man of Steel? Uh, as I understand it, we've we've had at least three rumors that we want to touch on um, that have come out. Uh, the first one we want to talk about, I think, I think this is probably the most important one to me. So actually, why don't we leave that to last? Why don't we start with the first one, which is Kevin Smith has seen Ben Affleck in a Batman costume. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? I don't know much more than that, Jordan. No, <laughs> I think he's, he's seen said, the Batman costume. I think he's only seen he the costume, actually. He said he yeah. saw it and he liked it. I, did he see Ben Affleck in the costume, or did he? I thought he just I he saw just, the costume. I, I think he's seen the costume. Oh, I don't think he's seen yeah. Batman. Excuse me, I, I misreported the story then. Yeah. He's you just know, though, like, the one thing that I am not afraid of at all with the Zack Snyder movie is, will the superhero costume look cool? That is literally the bottom of the worries list. Yeah. Because I know he can make a cool superhero costume. Yeah, Man of Steel costume look, looks fun. Like, I, 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 know, probably, like, I think that was, yeah, I think that was, like, the, probably one of the better things about that movie was <laughs> the costume design. Yeah, to, I mean, to say that that was one of the better things about the costume just says, or about the movie says terrible things about Man of Steel, which I think was a pretty terrible movie. Um, I don't think Man of Steel was terrible, but we've had, we've already, that's another podcast we've yeah. already We have had this. I don't, terrible might be an overstatement, um, and I'll, I will go back far enough to say, I think the best thing about Man of Steel was, that the action felt appropriately scaled to to Superman, which I've never seen on the big screen before. Um, so I think that was worth commending, even though even that had a lot of problems. Um, mm, we're 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 just tugging at the lid of my can of worms right now. Oh, so I should I should tread carefully. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't want to start talking about that movie because <laughs> yeah. it'll just make me angry, and I'll just have an angry podcast. I don't want to podcast angry, Jordan. I've done that before. Drive angry. <laughs> It never, it, yeah, it never goes well when Chris podcasts angry. Yeah. You know they took the name of the movie Drive Angry from the Groundhog Day quote? I assume they took it from you when you were like, I drive angry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Chris, you shouldn't do that. And then, you know, six months later, there was a Drive Angry trailer. And I was like, wow, Chris really pulled some strings in Hollywood. <laughs> Got that screenplay yeah. off the ground right quick. Um, I don't even remember the Groundhog quote about driving angry. Yeah, is it like drive isn't like a driver like golfing? No, no, just like actual driving. Like it's when he's driving the groundhog off the cliff. Does ah. he say that to the groundhog? Yeah, he tells him not to drive angry. I haven't seen Groundhog Day in a very long time. I need to go back to that movie. I love that movie. It's just, it is a great movie. Um, just okay. Like, well, oh, this is ahead. a great podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, well, I don't think we have anything else to say about the Batman. Yeah. Well, I think doesn't this bring us into the the rumor that's actual rumory news well, there that they're considering? Two. Go ahead, kick to you for the next one. Go ahead. I don't even know this is a separate one. This is how loose we are. Well, fine. Just say both of them then. That uh, they are considering maybe um, casting a Wonder Woman, making it more and more like they're trying to do a Justice League type dealy with. Uh, even though, is Superman fighting Batman in this one? It's not clear. I, I assume there, there was an interview with Snyder over the weekend where he said there will be some sort of physical altercation between Superman and Batman. I mean, then, it's a superhero movie. Batman they're going to meet and they're going to fight. That's like that's intrinsic to the idea of heroes meeting each other. There's always the you want to see them like square off. It's that whole like it speaks to that like seven year old side of you who just like like to mash the toys together and who's stronger who wins a fight. Would destroy Batman. Who wants to see that? I don't want to see Batman die at the hands of Superman. 
You're not going to because they're going to play up the emphasis that Batman is just always prepared and he's going to have some contingencies for how he fights Superman. Yeah, you've read uh, The Dark Knight Returns, Sam. Mm-hmm. Batman does okay against Superman for a long time. He shouldn't, though. <laughs> it's, why, it's, why, it's why every superhero shouldn't do okay against Loki, who is a fucking god. I remember, Chris, you weren't there when Sam and I saw Thor, but we can we can briefly uh, foray into this where Sam left Thor just like apoplectic at the idea that like no, like he's a god, like he can't be part of the Avengers, he can't deal, he can't like be part of the Marvel universe, he's also, just a god. Why Christianity is lie, Judaism, all of the major religions. Norse had it right. There is a fucking <laughs> Thor god. But like yeah, but, in the Marvel universe, they're aliens. Like in yeah. The- I was just going to say, you understand that he's technically just a super powerful alien, right? Still, he's practically a god. Yeah. I'd much rather be a super powerful otherworldly alien than Iron Man. No offense to Iron Man. I'm sure none taken. Um, Actually, he'd probably be a little bit offended, but I'm not really here to defend uh, fictional characters' honor at the moment. Yeah. Uh, So, yes, Sam, you're right. Batman shouldn't probably stand up against Superman, but... I like Batman more, so I always enjoy watching him hold his own. I like Batman more, too. That's why I think they should be kept separate. Thank you very much. (laughs) Much like the races. Yes. Ah. All right. That was a reference to Sam being a segregationist, to be clear, not myself. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw Sam under that bus, why don't you? Um, Getting us back on track as... uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Pro or con? Wonder Woman. Um... I'm I'm con and I don't really actually believe it's gonna happen. I mean I think is it because this is you're kind of women. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna turn into one of those podcasts. This is, I'm not this is gonna be our best. I'm not gonna podcast. Sam is a racist. Chris is a misogynist. I don't know what I hate, but I'm sure we'll find out soon. Let's say Jordan is like everything. an ageist. Yeah, I just I hate the uh, the old or the young. Which both both I anyone just, anyone who's not between the ages of twenty and fifty, I hate. Guys, best podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> Just hate him. So wait, so you're you're con Wonder Woman. Why? I'm con Wonder Woman being in this movie. I, I think that um, until DC starts, I, I don't love the Snyderverse to begin with from what we've seen in Man of Steel. Um, I think the idea of building it a little bit slow with Batman Superman was a good idea. I think Batman Superman Wonder Woman all at once might be a little bit too much for them to handle right now, especially when they already have this very unenviable task of, as you said, justifying the idea that Batman and Superman live in the same universe. I think you get that bridge across and then you can start bringing in the other characters. I think adding Wonder Woman to the mix this early in the game when they're still trying to create a tone for this universe and a mythology for these movies going forward is going to be a big misstep. And also, I just think that this is like we're so early in the game right now. This is kind of around the time that when they announced Avengers, we heard like rumors of like, oh, Miss Marvel is going to be in there. The Wasp is going to be in there. Like we heard like these rumors like every other week. So I'm not so sure that it's going to happen. And if it is happening, I'm not a big fan of the idea. You know, something that the Marvel Universe did that was very smart leading to Avengers was having a movie for each of its main Avenger heroes. Um, and smarter and than now, that was the idea of the um, the smaller heroes that could kind of like jump in between, like from sure. movie, like with the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys. Well, yeah, I mean, they couldn't carry a movie on their own or a TV yeah. show, as we found. <laughs> and and now they're, they come together, and we kind of know everybody. 
And what yeah. we're going to get with this is we're going to get a Superman that people were kind of either mad to really not positive on. And then he's going to meet a brand new Batman. And I feel like if you're doing a new Batman, you got to give him his own movie first. And then to add in a new Wonder Woman, and we haven't had a, you know, I, I feel like people want to get comfortable with these characters and like know these characters. Because what you find in um, a movie like The Avengers is that they can't give a ton of time to any one superhero. And it's depending on us kind of knowing the character from previous movies. Yeah. I and think, I also think uh, it's like it just does a disservice to Wonder Woman and her fans to like kind of put her in this movie as like an afterthought. Because like I think what you said is right is like this movie is going to be all about introducing this new Batman, the new like even though it is a Superman Batman movie, I think it's more about the idea of this is the new Batman. This is the Ben Affleck Batman and what this his take on the character is going to be. I think is going to be the lion's share of this movie. Well, I think even more than that, it does a disservice to Wonder Woman in that I, it's almost antithetical to the character to introduce her as the supporting character to two male characters. Like, exactly, yeah. I think that's kind of like a slap in the face to everything that character stands for and everything that fans like about that character. Right. It, I mean, it's just I, I, I can't see a situation where you introduce and do justice to Wonder Woman where she is like subservient to two men just in narrative terms. Like I imagine she won't be plot wise, but she's just hoping she's a... not like subservient to Batman. <laughs> well, I, that's what I don't think plot wise, but I mean, she's going to be a minor character compared to Batman and Superman, presumably like, I don't think Superman of steel two suddenly becomes the wonder woman movie. And I think the only way to really introduce the character well is to give her, uh, her time and space to breathe and to make her the hero of her movie, not like a third stringer at best. Yeah. I actually think like, I mean, I feel like now is the time, if any, to have a Wonder Woman movie because the Avengers movies have all been men and the only female characters have been kind of to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, DC can, DC has like a real advantage here in that they have a great superhero in Wonder Woman that you can do a movie around and it's something new and something that I think people probably would want to see, I think. Um, yeah. and I, I know there, there was the Wonder Woman TV show that never got off the ground, probably for the best. Um, there were a few of those. And, and also the movie, like, kind of was going to do a movie for a little while. Oh man, that would have been amazing. Yeah, Joss I imagine huh? we would live in a, in a universe in which Joss Whedon worked uh, as the DC Comics movie guy instead of the Marvel Comics movie guy. Oh, that happens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've... you're, you're, you're in a position right now where you've got five major properties at DC. You've already got Batman and Superman development. Green Lantern is still kind of radioactive for a little Whoa. bit. Before. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, don't yeah. touch Green Lantern for like 10 years. <laughs> that movie uh, so is atrocious. So what you're left with is Flash and Wonder Woman. And if you like, look at Man of Steel as being kind of indicative of the kind of tone you're going to see from these movies going forward. Which is already worrying, but go ahead. <laughs> it is, it is, but like Wonder Woman, fit, I can see the Wonder Woman movie that fits in with that kind of um, brand more easily than I can see the Flash movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Yeah. I think it makes way more sense for DC to be doing a Wonder Woman movie than a Batman Superman movie next. I mean, yeah. you're coming, the further you get from Christopher Nolan before you do another Batman centric movie, the better the Batman centric movie is going to look because yeah, make us for it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we're all going to complain that it's not Christopher Nolan either way. I mean, or like, honestly, I probably won't complain for that reason, but I'm sure I'll have plenty of reasons to complain. Um, just take the heat off yourselves. Leave Batman on the sidelines for a little while. Well, you know what? Maybe this is all a good thing because 
nothing is better for Batman than having like one or two really shitty Batman. Because <laughs> you had you had the Tim Burton Batman, and then you had the Joel Schumacher Batman, and everyone's like, "Fuck this noise! This is terrible." And then you waited a little while after the stink kind of wafted away, and then you had someone come in and do something good. You know, I think it's like it's easier. It's kind of like in sports when there's like a legendary player, you don't want like the like hot rookie to come in right after the legend retires because there's all this pressure and everyone wants the the rookie to be like to live up to their own expectations and replace the legend. What you do is you get kind of a middling player who's like either shitty or kind of mediocre and they play for two years. And then when the rookie is ready, the expectations are gone. And then the rookie has, you know, less pressure to be great. And then they do become great. I like to try to throw in a sports thing every time, but I actually think that makes sense. Yeah, it I don't does. know if it's no, strictly it a sports metaphor, but it absolutely makes sense. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, Joel Schumacher should direct the next ten Batman movies. I would, I would, ten? I would, I think I'd actually ten. be more excited if Joel Schumacher was directing Man of Steel two than with Zack Snyder, because like for a comedy perspective. Yeah. Because Batman and Robin is a, like a god awful movie, but damn it, is it fun! Like, oh yeah, I love watching. I that. love watching that movie because it's it's like just back to back with Batman Forever. Like that's a fun night. And like, I, I'm on the record as saying Jim Carrey was like the perfect choice for the Riddler. Yeah, I still believe. I I think Tommy Lee Jones was a good Two Face in theory too. I just think the movie it was a different kind of Two Face. Yeah, I think pairing Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey in movies is something that should have happened a lot more after Batman Forever. <laughs> Maybe it was not good for that movie in general, but I think there are some and, great movies like um, pairing. Why have, Why have we seen a buddy cop movie with those two? Oh my God, yes. Two Face is like henchwomen. One was like Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, picture, picture for a moment, if you will, Ace Ventura three with Tommy Lee Jones as the older, more like by the book pet detective, and oh. tell me it wouldn't have been the greatest movie in the history of film. It still can be. It <laughs> still can be. Um, but seriously though, Batman and Robin is such an incompetent movie that like, at every turn, I find it ludicrous and hilarious that any given choice was made, and. I don't think that's as true with Man of Steel, which I had a lot of problems with, but was not my biggest problem with it was that it was zero fun, which is not the case of Batman and Robin. So yeah, I'd be more excited if Schumacher was Schumacher was coming back, which is saying which says something about the prospects of the DC cinematic universe. I think. Yeah, I could say a lot of things about that. Uh, <laughs> but let's let's move on to the other rumor that's been circulating around recently, and this one seems to have a little bit more teeth to it. Um. Sam, you were the one that brought this to my attention. I didn't think I'd actually heard this before. Uh, do you want to? I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, the, he's uh, the Nightwing rumor. The uh... which rumor? Adam Driver, Sam. Yeah. Adam oh Driver yeah, Adam Nightwing. Driver as um as uh Dick Grayson. I don't, actually, I don't know if he's gonna be Dick Grayson. He's gonna be like Nightwing, perhaps. Yeah. Which would be Dick Grayson. Um, he is, which, I think it, he's it, in the running. He's not. He's definitely not cast yeah. yet. I think he's a rumor. There's apparent, I just googled it. There's also a rumor that Ezra Miller would do it, and then I just I wouldn't go see the movie. So, <laughs> so, actually, so it almost seems like I would like actually there's... skip Batman if Ezra Miller is fucking Nightwing. I would slip my wrists. So it looks very likely that there is going to be a Nightwing in this movie, though, which I think is. Uh, it's starting to look that way. If by interesting um, you mean like a really bad idea. 
Do you think it's a bad idea to have Nightwing? I don't think it's a bad idea to have Nightwing. I think it's a bad idea to have Batman, Superman, Nightwing, and Wonder Woman all in this movie. Like, what yeah. the fuck you know, is going gonna, on in this movie? They're shooting. Their, they're they're going to try to make it the Avengers. They're going to try to get everyone in there, and and but it'll like, fail because no one knows who these people are in these universes. I mean, we know who Nightwing is, but we don't know who Adam Driver's Nightwing or Ezra Miller's Nightwing. God forbid. Jesus. If it's if it's as, uh, <laughs> this movie has a lot a lot bigger things uh, to worry about, I think. It's gonna be Ezra Miller. You know why? Because because this movie is the worst. It's not the. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it's not gonna be like the worst. It's not thing, the worst. Yet. But I'm just like assuming it's like out to like piss me off. <laughs> I just I just assume that to be honest. Again, like I don't I don't really think this is gonna be the worst, and I think it actually you know it could be good. You never know, but. I do think that Zack Snyder and I, as a rule, have very different sensibilities, and he's in control. So. <laughs> Wait a minute, you're not in control? Yeah, yeah, that disconcerts me that I'm not in control of this movie. I don't see movies that I don't direct. Yeah, that's that's always been my rule. If I haven't if I haven't written or directed or starred in it, I don't even want to see it. Like, it it can't possibly interest me. I think. God, I fucking hate Ezra Miller. But I really like Adam Driver. I really like Adam Driver, too. I still think it's a bad idea to have Nightwing in this movie for the same reasons we've discussed it being a bad idea to put Wonder Woman in the movie. But, hey. You know, I like Olga Kurlyenko as well. If it's her, if it's Adam Driver, like, that's those are two good pieces of casting. Just, I, I don't know how much that would, how much confidence that would instill in me about the movie. Just like if tomorrow they announced Brian Cranston was going to be Lex Luthor, I would think that was a good piece of casting, and I still don't think I'd be that excited about this movie. Yeah, I'm just I don't like the Snyder take on the Superman verse, um, and I, I agree with you that this is it's already getting a little out of hand with like these ideas of like Nightwing and um, Wonder Woman joining the cast when I don't even know how they're going to pull off Superman and Batman in the same movie. I mean, the Marvel movies built up a tremendous amount of goodwill before they started like moving towards Avengers. And, but I, I, the other thing to remember is that man of steel was very popular. I mean, it, we, we did not like it obviously, but there it is. It's a movie that has a lot of fans and made a lot of money. So it's, this is the Snyder versus for the foreseeable future. What we have to expect from DC. All these movies surprised. have made money. I've been surprised to find out that, like, it has a lot of fans even among, like, the film critic community. Like, a lot of film critics that I talked to really liked Man of Steel, or at least sort of liked it. Um, I find this perplexing because I, like, really didn't like it for a lot of reasons. But, you know, it's it's a movie that was divisive, which actually I think kind of characterizes all of Zack Snyder's movies, if we can foray only very, very, very briefly. But I feel like each of his movies has has its supporters and detractors. Um, and sometimes in very surprising numbers. Yeah. So that's interesting anyway. Um, maybe we can talk about that sometime as we get closer to Man of Steel. Because uh, I think, I don't know, I, I haven't hated all of Zack Snyder's movies as much as I think the larger culture has, but Man of Steel was not my favorite. Um, any last thoughts on Man of Steel before we move on? Just please, Mr. Miller. Please. <laughs> please. Sam is begging, guys. Uh, Chris, I'm going to turn to you for our next segment, uh, and just, uh, we're going to talk about Marvel and Netflix's brand new deal. Uh, yeah, so there was a very exciting announcement a few weeks back 
um, which kind of came on the heels of about a month of DC trying to build up its own TV verse with um, the announcement that there was going to be possibly a Flash spinoff coming out of Arrow. Um, it was it, it's been kind of perplexing for a while that Marvel has been so slow in. Uh, branching out into TV, aside from S.H.I.E.L.D., which is, I think, I speak for us all when I say kind of underwhelming. So I was um, very pleasantly surprised at Marvel's announcement that they have signed a deal with Netflix to develop uh, four new original shows um, and a mini series following these four new shows. I think each one's going to be about 13 episodes in length. You're going to have one focusing on Daredevil, one focusing on Luke Cage, one focusing on Iron Fist, and then another one on Jessica Jones. And then once all four are done, they're going to come together uh, in a miniseries as a team that's going to use the name of a Marvel team that's kind of been bounced around to a few different groups of heroes. They're going to be called the Defenders, um, which I think is very exciting because it seems like Marvel is trying to recreate the same success that they've had on the big screen uh, on the small screen, a little bit more episodic storytelling, focusing on their street level characters and putting them all together in New York's uh, fiction, the Marvel Universe Hell's Kitchen neighborhood, which is where Daredevil and Kingpin and Luke Cage all hang out normally. And it's just this idea of like just expanding the shared universe and really taking advantage of some characters that I think translate very well to TV and a platform, Netflix, that has been very successful in um, telling different kinds of stories in without the normal constraints that come with uh, network television. So I, for one, am very excited about these shows, uh, especially some of the characters that they're going to be uh, dealing with. Um, I think I was waiting for like an Iron Fist TV show or movie for so, so long. So I'm very happy about that one in particular. Um, how about you guys? I mean, I think Jordan has a little bit more familiarity with these characters. Uh, so I'm anxious to hear what you have to say. And Sam, uh, I want to hear, uh, your thoughts on this and which ones you're looking forward to. I'll start uh, with Jordan. Chris, for the longest time, I think you and I have had this conversation, and Sam, I believe you've you've been in on this occasionally. I've been saying I cannot understand why there hasn't been a Daredevil TV show. He yeah. is the lawyer superhero. It would be the easiest thing in the world to make like a half legal procedural, half serialized superhero story, and like it would be easy to do on a TV budget because he's just like you know he doesn't have. His power is he's blind, but he has radar sense. So all you have to do is show him being, you know, a ninja. Um, I think it's easy to do on a TV budget. I think it it, it it's just it's something that's going to translate very well to the medium and that will lean on the, you know, the televised medium strength at doing legal procedurals, I think, if done properly. I think it's easy to make a TV show that's satisfying from a for, as a legal procedural and a superhero show. And when you fuse them together, that I... I I mean, I'm excited for Daredevil just because I feel like the the Marvel gods have finally started listening to me about what a brilliant idea this is. Um, as for the other three, Iron Fist, I think, obviously could be very, very cool. I have slight, slightly more worries about budget constraints, but again, he's mostly just a martial arts guy, so yeah. that's not hard to pull off. Luke Cage uh, and Jessica Jones, I think, are both obvious, obvious uh, TV-level characters. And Marvel characters that I think could very easily develop into, you know, interesting, complex characters on, on the small screen. So, honestly, I think all four are picked excellently. As a fan of the Defenders as the name of a, of a slightly quirkier brand of heroes than this presupposes, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed in, in that regard. But I can't imagine a situation where you'd see the Defenders on the big screen. And I can't imagine a situation where the heroes I'd want to see as the Defenders would work on the small screen. So, you know what? I'll take it. 
Yeah, I mean, the Defenders in its actual uh, more traditional, most traditional incarnation in comics has never been something that Marvel has been able to get to work in the comics. So I feel like just repurposing the name is fine because, like, they don't have, like, I, I wouldn't want it to be called, like, the Street Avengers, I don't think, or something like that. I think that using the Defenders name is something I'm perfectly fine with because, you know, it's just it was just very, as you said, very unrealistic to think we would see a Defenders movie featuring the characters that we think of as the Defenders. Yeah, I mean, it's just it. I just don't think it would work. I would love it. Um, I would buy 10 tickets on opening day. No problem. But it might be, you know, me and you alone in the theater. Yeah, probably would be. Um, what what I, I think is really exciting about this, too, is like it's not just these four characters we're talking about. There's like a lot of other supporting characters like associated with these world that like conceivably this brings in. I mean, I don't think it's far fetched to say that, like putting a Daredevil show means that we're going to see Elektra and Elektra is a character that could very easily like cross over into the Iron Fist sphere of things. Um, it, it's just I, I think you're going to I think there's a lot of opportunities here to really nicely build up the very street level vigilante section of the Marvel Universe I mean, uh, through these next this Netflix properties. Just having just having Kingpin as like Daredevil's uh, chief, uh, you know, big bad in any given season. You've got Bullseye. And yeah, just the the Kung Fu mythology side of Marvel of the Marvel Universe, something I've always loved. The hand is yeah. just, it's an amazing like evil association uh that you can do a lot of fun things with i yeah i think i mean there's a lot of great properties here and there's there's enough uh overlapping area between them that i think it could be just i mean fantastic i'm very that's excited what, that's what i see is like i mean just it just makes so much sense that there are like these elements of these shows that can like um interact with each other because like you know as you said like kingpin is usually associated with the hand and that's kind of how you can draw in like the more kung fu side of the heroes uh kung fu heroes and then you have uh just like the usual crime going on there like it's very easily to see easy to think of like maybe like a ben yurik type character becoming the nick fury of this sort of tv universe and the one that kind of like pops into these different shows and sort of like the connective tissue leading up to the defenders i would but love ben yurik for for uh, listeners who are not familiar is uh, a journalist in the marvel universe who is sort of a, a spider-man and daredevil and a few other places character who just kind of pops up and is a is a hard-boiled journalist and i think he would fit into this world very well but but you see i mean daredevil is a very street level uh fighting you know more realistic gritty crime a lot of the time and that overlaps with luke cage very well he's also you know an investigator uh which overlaps i think with what jessica jones might be very yeah. well and he's uh you know a ninja which overlaps with iron fist very well so i feel like daredevil i see as as, a, as an obvious nexus but also you know yeah uh the heroes for hire connection between iron fist and luke cage is an obvious one in the comics at this point luke cage and jessica jones are married so like there are these are all already very interconnected characters and i think it'd be easy to draw those connections together in a tv series absolutely and i, I think one of the exciting things about the deal is that how kind of open-ended the limitations of the deal were left in that one of the um uh, things that was clarified very early on was that if these shows are like become wildly successful, you could see them spun out into like full cinematic movies. Like they don't actually have to like now that they've entered into the sphere of television, they don't have to stay there necessarily. Um, so I think that's very exciting, especially when you consider that in recent years, Luke Cage has become a probably one of the core people you think of as Avengers. And that's not something he was before, like maybe the past decade, but now it's kind of sort of hard to imagine the Avengers without Luke Cage. 
And that was always a character that I kind of wondered, like, you know, it makes perfect sense to have in TV, but I could see Marvel definitely wanting to, like, introduce him to the Avengers at some point. So I think that's one of the other very exciting parts of this deal is that you can see some crossover between the, te- the television universe and the TV universe. I mean, assuming I mean, the, the movie universe, assuming that, like, things go well. for the Well, yeah, and, and Marvel's already shown willingness to bleed uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and the movies. We've yeah. seen Nick Fury show up. We've seen uh, Maria Hill show up. And I believe not this week, but next week, we're going to see a uh, crossover between the Thor movie and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, like, they're very willing to, to bleed between these two, which I think I think ultimately will serve both very well. And, if I mean, if S.H.I.E.L.D. was a better show, I'd be more excited about that prospect. Um, well, I, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. can get better, given time. I mean, that's a different conversation. I, I actually really enjoyed this week's episode. I thought it was probably the strongest episode we've seen so far, and it gave me hope that we are going to start to see gradual improvements going forward. Um, I wish I'd liked I, it more, um, but I, I agree too. it can agree get better. Yeah. <laughs> what, happened, what happened this week? It was the one where uh, Simmons almost dies. Oh, man, I was rooting for her to die. What a, ball, <laughs> what a ballsy choice it would have been to kill her, but... Oh, uh, that's the kind of choice that Joss Whedon would have made. Well, I was gonna, well first of all, Joss kills people we like, and nobody likes her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but all, I think the show thinks a, we like her. Joss, Joss is as, as involved in this as J.J. Abrams was involved in Lost. Yeah. They're, they're sticking his name on it, and he's going to go off and do other stuff because he's too fucking busy. Yeah. And people will think he's involved with this because that's what the network wants you to think. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I, mean, no. I think one of the problems I see with S.H.I.E.L.D. is that there's there's kind of a lot of the, I won't say a lot, but there, there's definitely like a sheen of the ABC house style coming off that show that I think sort of neuters certain aspects of the Whedon-ness that well, we would expect I also, there. I also think but, like the Avengers style, like the, the style of those movies is very clean and bright um and it's i think i think a fair criticism of the marvel universe movies is they all kind of look the same yeah um aesthetically and i feel like this is just kind of in with the brand i think this is just kind of what they look like it's not particularly yeah. interesting looking it's not particularly dark and i think i think you know you know they're the joss whedon you know angel and buffy i think were darker because they're kind of dealing with the horror genre but i think even something like dollhouse or serenity they had a, like a little bit more character than this, you know. Yeah, like, no, that, that's that's very true. That is very true. They were I, slightly I, more aesthetically interesting. Yeah, um, I I don't think that has necessarily to do. I, I don't think it's the Marvel brand though that's Shield's problem because like as we've said like the movies I I all find you know I I'll agree with you that there is like a definite style to them but like I I find them very enjoyable whereas Shield is kind of a struggle to remember it's on sometimes. <sighs> um, but I, I mean, getting back to the uh, the Netflix properties, um, I'm very optimistic about this. I, I think it's a great group of characters to choose, and um, I, I think it's very a very smart way for Marvel to do the thing that I think excites fans the most, and then it's build the universe and show that connective tissue between the universe. Sam, thoughts on this? Um, well, I'll, I'll come from the perspective of someone who doesn't really read much marvel stuff at all um i know who daredevil is i know the history of daredevil on screen and that ben affleck did it and it didn't really work out that well um i am cautiously pessimistic about this just because 
I feel like it would be very, very difficult to do a superhero property without a significant budget. Um, because, you know, Jordan, like you said, like Daredevil might lend itself to not being like a big budget type show. But at the same time, I, I am disappointed in how S.H.I.E.L.D. looks and feels as, as, a, as a TV show and as like an action show. Um, I know maybe you guys don't feel the exact same way about the action or production of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it seems underwhelming to me. And I can tell you that ABC is going to be spending much, 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 much more on S.H.I.E.L.D. than Netflix is going to be spending here. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not optimistic. One thing that I do think is a big plus is that it is not network television and they can get away with doing a lot more. And I think, I think there's some creative room and hopefully even if it's not, you know, even if they kind of do have to work on a budget and it looks a little bit cheaper, um, I think, you know, if they, if they can, if they have like free creative reign, I think that, you know, that gives us the opportunity of more interesting storylines than S.H.I.E.L.D. Because S.H.I.E.L.D. can pump in $100 million an episode and it still would be kind of shitty because, you know, like I said, I don't like the production value of it so much um, as an action show, but ultimately that doesn't matter if the stories are interesting and the characters are interesting. Um, so hopefully it, you know, being the, having the freedom of a, it's not cable, but a cable like network or service medium, whatever you want to call Netflix, I think is definitely a huge plus. Um, I just think it'll allow room for something like Daredevil to be grittier if it wants to be. Sure. I'm also, think, par- I'm also not particularly interested in, uh, courtroom procedurals. Um, I know, I think Jordan, you're a little bit more into that sort of thing. Um, spoiler alert. Yeah, right. <laughs> spoiler alert. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a huge crossover there, but maybe there is. I don't know. Um, I know Daredevil has to be able to be better than the movie because people really love Daredevil on that movie. Apparently, I didn't see it. Apparently, it was a pile of shit. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully Ben Affleck will have more luck in the DC universe. And hopefully Daredevil will have more luck in the TV universe on Netflix. It's not TV. It's Netflix. <laughs> I think I have to pay HBO money now. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there'll be a knock on your door and you'll be black bagged any minute now. <laughs> uh, only to show up as an extra who was murdered on Game of Thrones. <laughs> they actually murder people. Yeah, they really murder their actors on that show. I don't they, know if they you murder, They murder that. prisoners. Yeah. It's an ironclad contract. Any, anyone really who insults HBO or uses their slogans without paying them money is just murdered as an extra in a battle scene on Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of HBO's Dirty Laundry that we're airing here, and probably now we're all screwed. Thanks for that, Sam. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so well, I'm just going to sell you guys out in exchange for a pass. <laughs> we should probably move on soon, but Chris, did you have any last thoughts, questions, whatevers? Um, no, I don't really think we know enough at this time uh, to delve in any deeper than that uh, i i'm very optimistic right now i think this is just the announcement i've been waiting to hear for years so uh, i guess my only trepidation is again at kind of like sam said like budgetary constraints but at the same time um i, I i'm just too happy to kind of worry about that stuff right now maybe when we get closer and start to see some footage they'll leak in but at the moment i just think this is a great move for marvel and i'm really excited to see what kind of shows these turn into um I'm going to ask one random off-top-of-your-head question. 
Sure. Uh, but I, I imagine you don't have any answer for it and that I think would be useless, but I'm going to do it anyway. If you uh, could pick right now off the top of your head the cast for these four shows, like just the just the leads, do you have inclinations? No, I got nothing right now. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm I mean, sorry. yeah, it, it would be pointless to speculate, but I just wondered if you had like a dream cast in your mind. Yeah, no. And maybe ask me in a week. And okay. I'll, I think... I think I think Ben Affleck would be a really interesting Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> really bring some depth to the character. All right. Well, we can go ahead and move on, Sam. I'm going to kick it over to you, and we're going to talk about New Girls, uh, which you've been covering over at reviewname.com. For those of you who have not been reading it, you should go check it out. Yeah. Uh, I love New Girl. It's why I kind of wanted to start writing about it this year. Um, I really think the show broke out in its second season and became one of the better or maybe even the best sitcom on TV last year. Um I think it also had a very, very strong first year, which is kind of rare uh, with sitcoms. Um, this season, I've kind of been up and down on a little bit. And the big latest developments, or well, the two biggest developments this season, one is that Nick and Jess are together. Sorry, spoilers. Sorry, person who hasn't watched New Girl yet. You probably <laughs> knew this. Um, and two, Damon Wayans Jr. is back on the show as coach, which everyone's really excited about because Damon Wayans played the original third roommate um, in the pilot, and then he got happy endings and couldn't be on the show and left the show. And that's when Winston came to the loft, which I am so grateful now because I think insane Winston is kind of like a secret savior of this season. Um, and, and now he's back because happy endings was sadly canceled, as you guys have talked about. Um, Chris and I still mourn it. Uh, every time you say that, I have to pour one out for happy endings. Yeah, we have we have weekly out. rituals where we just Skype and cry. Like, yeah. We don't say a word. We just just cry for a while, and it's it's very cathartic. So uh, Coach came back uh, in last week's episode, and it was announced that he will be in the cast for the remainder of the season. So I think that's a positive. What do you guys think? I think he's funny. I think his episode back was was a fake out in celebrating his return and that he returned, but they didn't really give him time to shine. What do you guys think about the return of coach this week, or I guess last week and going forward for the rest of the year? What do you think? Chris? Uh, I, I'm, I'm always happy to see Damon Wayne's land anywhere because uh, happy endings was just an amazing fit for him. He, he did incredible work there. Um, I mean, I, I, I agree. It was like, like, uh, Winston was a godsend for, um, new girl and has been the saving grace for the season. And we can go into that in a little bit, but you are hit the nail right on the head there, I think. Um, but I, I like, I like Damon Wayne Jr. a lot. I'm just glad he's landed somewhere. And I think, um, I'm happy he's sticking around. I mean, I, I didn't love the, the, the his first episode back mostly for the reason, because like, I think he was, maybe a little bit more unlikable uh, as a character this time around than in the, uh, the show's pilot. But I think that just need, they just need to like have a little bit of time to like really get back into writing this character and figure out how he's going to be different than the other uh, four members of the cast and what new dynamic he's going to bring to the loft. But I, I'm all for like introducing some new blood into the show, especially when it's somebody as talented as Damon Wayans Jr. Uh, I just hope that they kind of like, can find opportunities to let him do what he does best, which is freak out about things in a high-pitched voice, because that's where he really kind of finds some comedic gold. I mean, I don't want this to be just like the character he played over on Happy Endings, but those are some of my favorite moments of Damon Wayans Jr. is where he can just kind of like lose it for a little while. 
Um, so I hope we get some opportunities to see that. I miss Brad. I miss Brad too. Now that, now that you're talking about him, I just miss him. Yeah. Uh, um, which is uh, a line see, that, that he could deliver much better than me. <laughs> um, I, I also don't want Coach to be Brad. I had problems with Coach's return. I, I think it's a great idea to have him around for the season. I had problems with his return because uh, he seemed like just a giant douchebag in a way that he wasn't in the pilot. But also, yeah. I think it was necessary to do something like this, considering he disappeared from the show for two years and they they mentioned him occasionally, but he was just like their friend who they never saw. So like... I kind of understand how they needed to, to slightly villainize him to make that remotely plausible, but hopefully that will go away soon and he will just become uh, another member of the gang. Uh, th- this week, for that reason, uh, was probably not the greatest reintroduction of him, but I was just happy to have him around. Um, and while I didn't think that, that that what they gave him to do, or really like his interactions with any of the other characters, worked all that well for me, I feel like that's something that the show works out all the time. Like The show is... A history of things not necessarily really working out at the beginning and then being tweaked until they are awesome. So at this point, I have enough faith in New Girl that it will figure out how to make Coach work as an interesting character. That being said, I don't know. This season's been kind of troubled for me. And as much as I agree with both of your assessments that Insane Winston has been the saving grace, I almost feel like they've been pushing Insane Winston a little too far this season. Whereas, like, I actually think Winston was pretty sane last week. I think season two Winston was like the exact perfect amount of crazy in the back half of season two when that show just became, I agree with you, Sam, probably the best comedy on television last spring. Um, But season three Winston, like deciding he wanted to murder a cat and things like that was a little far. But but he he befriended the cat. Well, after he. But then he wanted to get the cat laid, which was weird. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of weird stories involving Winston and that cat. Um, But. I think that the, that Winston as a character has has come to be one of the one of New Girl's unheralded secret weapons. Um, and even though he's been a little bit too crazy for my taste in some weeks so far this year, I still think he's hysterical. Um, and definitely was the saving grace when the show was doing its. I think hopefully over for the moment. Uh, Schmidt is a bad person arc. Yeah, I mean that was a mistake. And also, I think what what season two had going for it was the will they won't. Hey, Will they? Won't they? Sorry, with um, Nick and Jess was really, really good, um, and they decided, I think, wisely not to stretch it out too much and not, you know, because it never got like really old and stale. They could have done it for like three years if they wanted to, like a show like The Office. Um, but I'm always a fan of like short Will They Won't They's because they burn bright, they burn fast. So I think you know, I- get them together. I um, think one of the problems with the season has been Nick and Jess being together. You guys can feel free to disagree with me, but I, I don't think you're wrong. That's what I'm saying. I feel like they, the will they won't they like worked incredibly well, and then there was this great like release when they got together. It was like yeah, all right, and then they were together, and they're like okay, now we have to figure out storylines of them together. And I think there was there's been one episode where I think I enjoyed them being like a couple, and that was when. Uh, Nick was kind of dealing with like expressing his emotions and saying how he feels about stuff. I think that was the captain. Yeah. Um, if you I really enjoyed that episode where Schmidt makes up that great thing. That's a great gag. Um, I really yeah. like that episode. But I think other than that, they've been kind of like fake problems they've had between the two. I think last week was a good example of that, and it was like Nick's freaking out because like what they've never had like they're not official, they're not boyfriend girlfriend thing. And it's like it's a fake problem. And I think the whole thing with Nick want, not wanting to look whipped around Coach was kind of stupid. Um, 
I think that was as much a coach problem as a Nick problem, though. Yeah, I mean, sure it was. You know, what's, what's like, really interesting is I think pe- people have, like, this weird connection to coach. And, like, when coach came back, I was like, hooray, coach is back. But I'm like, I've, de- I've had more episodes of Nick's dad than I've had yeah. with, with yeah. coach. Um, and I think it's just kind of like, I think everyone acknowledged how it was kind of like a weird thing that he was on the pilot and then he left the show. But they'd always mention him. And I think that was a cool idea because they could have just as easily made like Winston coach, which is like another like sitcom thing that they've done. Like other shows have done this. Um, But I feel like people were weirdly attached to the idea of coach. And I don't know if he would be able to live up to that. Um, And I think like what the defining characteristic of coach in the pilot was that he like gets really intense or really angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, They're going to have to figure out something to flesh him out a little bit. But one thing I actually did really like about this episode, which I did think was mediocre, um, uh, overall was kind of mediocre. I like that it kind of called back this like brotherhood thing to the pilot where coach Winston Schmidt and Nick all kind of get together and band together against like the cop boyfriend guy. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what they, I mean, Winston's not there, but that's kind of what they do in the pilot. And they all kind of band together to kind of like make Jets feel better. And it was kind of a sweet pilot. And I thought this kind of like was a nice callback. And it's like, Oh, we're all friends here. Let's go on being friends. And I also like the gag of Coach not remembering Jess because I feel like that's pretty they, reasonable. They handled, that, they handled that perfectly, doing the throwaway line with, like, uh, Osama bin Laden being killed. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I thought I was alone for that. <laughs> yeah, and then he keeps uh, fucking up Jess's name. Yeah, that's, like, a, that's a good gag. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, the new life that New Girl needs. I mean, it's only its third season. I think... I think New Girl should be in its stride, but I think the problem is Nick and Jess together has been a little confounding. Um, but I am I am so confident in this show because I feel like anytime, like you said, Jordan, that they've had to figure it out, they've kind of moved and figured it out the right way, which yeah, I think but, is, I mean, is really sh- tough for sitcoms to do. Yeah, this show started with like Jess being too uh, too much into the like annoying, treacly things that people don't like about Zoe Deschanel that I usually think they're wrong about, and they course corrected on that. It started like with a bunch of underdeveloped uh, side characters, and they course corrected on that. They they made the Nick and Jess uh, will they won't they work pretty much perfectly. I think they've they've turned Cece into a really interesting character across the board. When the show has had troubles, it's figured it out. Um, sometimes it takes a little while, and sometimes it's a little rough, but yeah, they get it done. They get it done. I, I hope it returns to um, to its glory of last year, and I think it can. I'm not, you know, oh, I don't yeah, think it's not like this bad by any means either. I just I don't think yeah. it's at the level it was last year. They, uh, they, I mean, a lot of shows do this. A lot of shows when like that is the trend right now to like get the will they won't they done soon. But like the reason like a lot of shows kept those will they won't they's burning for so long in the past was it's it's tough to not have that to rely on anymore because like that's that's always the fun part and even if it drags on too long there's still something kind of fun about it um whereas like getting them together like real quick there's like a catharsis to it but after that it's always kind of a where do we go from here like where does the spark and the passion go where do we go there you go sam i don't sing too much on this podcast because i have a terrible voice but jordan and chris kiss and then we iris out (laughs) um no no sam you've got to lose me in 10 days we can't add another wrinkle to this thing it's gonna but that's not for like six years guys 
getting too complicated. Um, Wait, is it how to lose a guy in 10 years? What no, no. Remember, the, the premise was that you guys had to be together for six years, and then you had to lose him in 10 days. Why do they have to be with him for six years? Yeah, six years would, seems like a really, like... Well, that was the know. idea. I think that would make it much harder to lose a guy in 10 days. It's easy to lose a guy in 10 days if you just met him. Yeah, you can just, like, pee on him. It's really hard, <laughs> it's really hard to imagine, like, <laughs> being with someone for, like, half a decade, and then you have 10 days to, to extricate yourself from the relationship. Why didn't you just pee on him? <laughs> Good if that's question. not a place to end this show, I don't know where... Um, Actually, Chris, I have a theory that might take us a little bit off topic, but I think is important here, which is that I think the will they won't they if it's the central couple uh, is almost always better to play out uh, over a longer period. And if it's an ancillary couple is often better to be to be a quick, quick and done. See, e.g. April and Andy on Parks and Rec. Um, just because I think like it's easier to write side uh, like stories for a side couple. Uh, over time that are interesting and keeping them together and it, and it almost always shows put a lot of fake drama into the main couple's relationship yeah um, and so it's harder to keep them together just so because i think, think i think writers are worse at writing intimacy uh between two people on a week-to-week basis if they're like the focus of the show do you think nick and jess should have gone on for another season or two seasons no because i think it was handled so well um i may in hindsight like if if the show does poor things with it I may come to regret that statement, but I think sure. I actually think their will they won't they has been pretty much perfect so far. I I kind of bought the initial attraction, I kind of bought the way it simmered over the first season and a half, and I bought the way it came to a boil. And the best one of episodes the show has done so far was from Nick and Jess kissing to them getting together. So yeah, I can't so I can't good. possibly complain about it. That was I mean yeah <laughs> that was the the best thing the show's done yet. So it has to I, I have to be in favor of it, uh, and I am. And I, I haven't had, you know, I, I've had problems with season three, but I haven't had, my problems haven't been as much the Nick and Jess thing. But um, I'm confident. It'll turn it around. Yeah, we no, I, I agree with, I think that's something we all kind of agree on, is that this is a show that always has, even when I thought it was stumbling, it always kind of picked itself back up again. So yeah, I you know what? It, it would have shocked me if it had been like, this is the show that discovered the formula to making the will they or won't they couple interesting after they'd gotten together for uh, right off the bat. I mean, I can't think of a single show that's really done that very well. So they'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I think, I think they're going to figure it out. <laughs> and if that's, yeah. if that's the takeaway from this segment, that's fine with me. New Girl season three, I well, laugh at it. Figure it out. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to figure it out. And, and I hope... If the back half of season three can be even half as good as the back half of season two, I'll be a happy camper. Um, any la- any last thoughts before we wrap this up? Nah, I'm good. Wrap it up. Wrapping it up. Um, I imagine we'll talk about New Girl again at some point this season because That's it's probably the end. And uh, we like to talk about things. So <laughs> I imagine if any if any big episode happens, we'll throw it up on the docket. Otherwise, we'll talk about it when the finale airs, as we are wont to do. For now, uh, time to time to shut down this whole show. Um, uh, as always, I'd like to remind you to check out our, our writing over at reviewmename.com. You can drop us a line at reviewmename at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at review to be named. Um, you can, you know, put messages in a bottle and flush them down your toilet, although that's probably not good for your plumbing. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> You can you can you can figure out whatever way you want to contact us, and I I think you guys will come up with some good interesting ideas, and we love to hear from you. We love it when you guys reach out. Um, with that, I think we can wrap up the show. This has been the Review Name Podcast. I have been Jordan, and I call it a Temple Grandin because it makes me friendly and compassionate. <laughs>